Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We are um, continuing in our series this week on I Am, and uh, I get the opportunity to speak on I Am Light of the World today. Uh, before I do, I'd like to pray. So let's do that. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the truth of your word, God. Thank you for the light of your word. I pray that you would shine in our hearts and minds today, Lord God, that you would illuminate your word, that you would be the teacher, that you would be the revealer, Lord God, that you would unlock your word so that our hearts and our minds can understand it. And I pray specifically today, Lord, that each of us will be able to go away from here and know what we must do with your word. So we give you this time now in Jesus' name and ask for you to have your way, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you, when you were younger, struggled with being afraid of the dark? Anybody? Hey? When I say the dark or fear of the dark, how does that make you feel? Some of you might still have that fear of the dark. I must be honest, sometimes when I'm in a really dark place or I'm outside or something, I get a little bit of a shiver down my spine. I don't know how you react to the dark. Uh, but uh, our kids make us laugh, and especially our little guy Judah, because uh, often when we're downstairs and uh, we'll say, right boy, upstairs, go and have a shower, or go and get this, or go and get that, you know, the upstairs is a long way away from mom and dad, you know, and at the end of the day, it's starting to get dark, and this little guy, you can see the hesitation on his face, but off he goes, and you can hear this muttering, as he goes up the stairs, and he come down. And then another time we'd hear his, little, his bigger brother be running up the stairs, what on earth are they saying? So one day we got Judah and we said, Judah, my boy, what are you, what are you saying when you run up the stairs? And he got the sheepish smile, he says, I say, in the name of Jesus, demons be gone. <laughs> and he repeats this little phrase right after, one time after the other as he goes up the stairs, running until he comes down. I thought, fantastic, he understands something already, you know, even at his young age. But the fear of the dark is a really real thing, you know. A lot of people suffer with it. And it, when you think about it, it's completely irrational because I've tried to sit with my kids and say, why are you scared? Have you ever seen one of those monsters? Have you ever seen one? No. Why are you afraid? Because it's scary. You know, the dark conjures up fear and sometimes it's completely irrational. Why is that? And so I thought about it a little bit and I thought, you know, when you're alone and in the dark, you feel pretty isolated, don't you? All by yourself. When you're in the dark in a place that you don't know where you are, you just have no idea what is there. If you can't see your hand in front of your face, what else could be out there? You know, and this little wheel goes round and around in our heads and fear rises up and it's completely irrational. You put the light on, you can see everything, nothing there, but that fear comes, that fear of something lurking out there, eh? <laughs> something lurking waiting for us. I want you to imagine then a world without light for a moment. Imagine a world without sunlight. They did a test, scientific experiment on a guy, a few people actually, it was on TV a while ago, where they, they put them in an underground bunker. You know, it was all cameras and they were properly supervised, but it was like 48 hours in the dark. 
And what happens to people in the dark is amazing. You know, you would think, oh, no, no problem. I just sit on the bed and lie there. And, but within half an hour, they just go crazy. They're bored. They, they stop talking. And now they're starting to get all um, paranoid. Maybe these people have gone away and have locked the doors and they're never going to let me out. You know, all this kind of thing. Darkness. Imagine a world without sunlight. You know, if the sun right now stopped glowing or burning or whatever it's doing up there it would take eight to nine minutes before we realized it that's how long it takes the sun to shed its light and for that light to get to us and without light because we're all well educated and we went to school we know that plants would no longer photosynthesize they would no longer be able to convert carbon dioxide into food right if there's no food or plant life the animals die and likewise, we would follow shortly afterwards. One of the other benefits of sunlight hitting the earth is that the light energy is converted to heat energy. Imagine no sun. This earth would freeze and life would cease to exist. We are desperately in need of that sun in the sky shining just to be able to exist on the earth now, if you didn't know, here's a few in interesting facts for you. Did you know that when sunlight hits your skin, it causes a reaction that produces vitamin D? Did anyone know that? Did you know that sunlight is good for you in right amounts? Some of the things that they, they put down to the benefits of sunlight, it cheers you up. We all know that's true, right? It produces serotonin, which is a happy drug. It reduces heart disease. Sunlight has the effect of preventing diabetes. It beats that condition called seasonal affected disorder. That kind of people who get depressed and sad and struggle with the lack of light. Uh, it helps prevent MS. It prevents cavities. Did you know that? Hey? Sunlight helps prevent cavities. How random is that? It relieves aches and pains. Many of you will be able to attest to that. It reduces the risk of cancers obviously in healthy proportions. It boosts fertility. There you go. It gives you more energy. It eases conditions like IBS. You knew you wanted to know that today. It beats all sorts of other problems. I'm actually not going to list them all. Light has all sorts of positive benefits for us. Did you know that darkness is not a thing. Did you know that? Darkness is the absence of a thing. Darkness is the absence of sunlight. You can't make something any more dark if it's dark. It only gets darker when you reduce the sunlight. Does that make sense? The, the same is so true. Like in the physical, when there's no light, you have darkness. In the spiritual realm, that darkness is the absence of light. Like we require the sunlight to exist physically on earth, we require the light of Jesus to exist spiritually. And we're looking at this, this idea that Jesus claimed that he was the light of the world. Do you know in Matthew 4 verse 16, Jesus quoted the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, verse 2. But in Matthew 4, 16, it says, 
The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And that was a prophecy that Isaiah gave, pointing forward to the coming of Jesus. But Jesus is reflecting back and saying, the world is in darkness. That there are people who are existing in the shadow of death. And we're not just talking about physical death when this life is done, but in the shadow of spiritual death, eternal death. And let me tell you, hell is going to be a dark place because it's the absence of Jesus. Just take a minute and try and comprehend what hell will be like, understanding that the presence of Jesus will not exist in one iota. Wow. Talk about isolation. Hey? I don't know what kind of thoughts that conjures up in your head, but it's not a great thought. But let's look. We've been looking at the last few weeks. Greg's uh, spoken in the last three weeks on Jesus and that idea that he says, I am. When he quoted uh, the Greek, he said, ego, I, me. Me, I am. This idea that I am everything that you need. And from that idea that Jesus' identity is I am means that we exist and find all that we need to exist in Jesus. And Jesus applies that idea today to the light of the world. And so we're going to look. I've got two short readings today. John chapter 1, reading from verses 1 to 5. And it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we can translate the word Word with the name Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Let's go on. He was with God in the beginning. Listen to this. This is amazing. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Like darkness on earth cannot quench light, only light can quench darkness. In the spiritual realm, darkness cannot overwhelm the light of Jesus. So when you have the light of life in your life, you are bright. Nothing can overshadow you or snuff out the light of life in you. Hallelujah. It's awesome. Awesome. That word life is the word Zoe. And that's God life. Let me define that for you. Absolute fullness of life. Absolute fullness of life is the life that Jesus offers you and I today. In Him is that light and that life. Our second reading today comes from John chapter 8 and a couple of verses, bits of verses actually, from 12 to 16. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And that, that word that we read world in the Greek is cosmos. I am the light of the cosmos. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have. That word have is an awesome Greek word. 
echo. He says, but will have or will echo the light of life. Hey? You and I will echo the light of life into the world. He goes on later to say, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. This whole idea of I know who I am, I know what I'm all about. Uh, and later on in verse 16 he says, I stand with the Father who sent me. That's significant because Jesus was only about doing the Father's business. He knew that he was on earth because he was sent to do the will of God. Right? And that will was to shine the light of life to all mankind. Okay. I want to read to you, understanding that Jesus has claimed he is the light of the world. He is the light of life. Right? Let's read now in Matthew chapter 5 and a few verses, 14 to 16. Listen to the change. I wonder if you'll notice it right here. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. When he says that you are a light, he is talking about your identity, about who you are. What is the purpose of a light? To shine. You are not supposed to be hidden. Okay? Uh, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Three things that I kind of want to highlight at this point. You now are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Interesting that it says, don't let the light of, doesn't say let the light of Jesus shine, it says let your light shine. There's a personalness about this idea of light and shining. Let his light echo through you. Amen. Let your light shine so that they can see. There's no point in shining if it's concealed. It helps nobody. Okay? So, you're the light of the world. Let your light shine so that people can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, I want to kind of finish this morning and talk about how do we do that? How do we shine in such a way that the glory and the life, that, that absolute fullness of life, the genuine active and vigorous life that Jesus talks about in John chapter 10, 10, when he says, I've come so that you can have life to the full. How do we let that shine out? Number one, they're all fairly obvious. Number one, come out of the dark. Come out of the dark. You know, on, on a camera like this, there's a function called contrast. Do you know what that function does? Some of you who are a bit au fait with the camera might know that when you turn that dial up, you get brighter brights and darker darks. And all the middle tones start to evaporate. Can you see where I'm going? We need to turn up the contrast in our lives 
so that those gray tones, you know those gray tones that try and live between life and dark? They're eradicated. We need to come out of the dark and be in the light. Uh, 1 John 1 verse 5 says, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Wow. There is no darkness at all. Just light. I find it significant when we read in the book of Genesis, when God creates all that he creates, he first creates light. That's significant for me. But then what he goes on to do is he creates night and day and he separates them. Why? Why would we not just live in light? Why does he go to the extent of separating light and day? I mean darkness and day. I think it's significant. I don't think that light and darkness have anything in common. I think that light dispels darkness and that's how it should be. And as we live our lives, wow, you know, we really need to ask the Lord, God, where am I walking in the shadows? Where am I walking in the shadows? So that when people see my life, it leaves them thinking, hmm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this person's testimony. I'm not sure about where they stand with God. They say this, but I'm not sure. I see things and I hear things. Hmm. And you know what? That doesn't bring any glory to God brings no glory to God. It actually causes people to describe us as hypocrites, actually. And if you have a conversation about people, with people about God, often, 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 they just say, Christians are hypocrites. So whilst this is not supposed to be a heavy weight on us, I do believe that God is calling all of us to come out of those dark, shady crevices. The things that we've just held on to for too long. Amen? Those places that we just don't want to let go of. Come on, God. Surely I can just hold on to this thing. Surely I can continue to have this attitude. Surely I can continue to live in this way. You know? And actually, we cannot be light if we're hiding our light. We need to come out from the dark. We need to come out from the dark. Ephesians, Paul writes in chapter 5, verse 8, listen to this. He's talking to Christians. He says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Oh, thank you, Lord. My second point. First one is come out of the darkness. Let's take a survey of our lives. Let's look at those. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's actually allow God to press on areas in our lives and say, you're right, Lord. I surrender. I'm not going to fight with you over this anymore. The second point is, once we've come out of the dark, let's walk in the light. Let's walk in the light. Uh, 1 John 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. I suddenly thought, you know what? Just the act of being in fellowship, gathering together with God's people, means that we're in the light. You know? If we've gotten to the point where we've withdrawn from his family 
and we camp out at home by ourselves watching Joyce Mayer on the TV and all of that, that's great, but we're walking in dark places. Who's going to hold us accountable? Who's going to help us walk in the light if we're by ourselves? So on a, on a simple level, just the gathering together of people, having fellowship, we'll talk more about that in a moment, but the gathering together is walking in the light. Don't ever prevent or don't ever withdraw from the fellowship or the family of God because you're walking in dark places when you're by yourself. This idea of fellowship with one another, walking um, in the light and having fellowship with one another, that is all about you and I being vulnerable with each other, being open with each other, being honest with each other, being real. You know, when we're like that with people around us, they trust us and we trust them. You know, when it comes to sharing the good news of what Jesus has done, if you're one of those people where an outsider, someone who doesn't normally come to church, if they look at you and go, I just don't quite get where you're coming from. I'm not sure if you're being honest with me. I'm not sure if what I'm seeing is the real you. If that's happening, I'm they're not going to trust the message that you bring. They're going to find it very hard, very hard indeed. That's why it's important for us to be vulnerable, to be honest and to be open. You know, when we talk about gathering together in life groups, they are fantastic. You know why? It's just the few people you can't hide. Okay? You can just come out in the light and be open and honest. If there's sin in our lives, we trust the people around us, we confess that sin, we pray, the forgiveness comes, we feel freedom. But when we're by ourselves, we're running around just from shadow to shadow, we're living in dark places. We're living in sin. And the only person that is hurting is me and you. You know? So we need to come out of the dark and we need to walk in the light. We need to walk with each other. My last point this morning, we've talked about come out of the dark. We've talked about walk in the light. Walk in the light with each other, actually, and with the Lord. That's more about us not kidding ourselves and thinking he can't see who we are and where we're at and what we're thinking or feeling. Eh? But just being open-handed with God and open-hearted. Come out of the dark, walk in the light, and my third point is be the light. Be the light. There's a fantastic story, and I really want to encourage you to read it in John chapter 9, where Jesus comes across a fellow who's been blind from birth. It's the story which is a bit weird. He spits on the mud or on the soil, and he makes mud, and he smears it on this guy's eyes. That's a bit weird, let's be honest. We, we try not to do that on a Sunday. <laughs> but hey, God used it, eh? Uh, and the, the long and the short of it is the guy went away and he bathed himself as Jesus had commanded him to and he was completely healed. And if you read that story, the Pharisees were, were trying to work out who Jesus was and deny actually that he was the Son of God. But this guy simply said to them, Hey, I've been amongst you Pharisees forever and ever. And I still stayed blind. Hello? I met this guy called Jesus. I don't know him from Adam, right? And I'm healed. What does that say to you? Is he going to believe Jesus or is he going to believe the Pharisees? Jesus was the light. And in the, in the midst of that story, uh, Jesus says this in uh, verses 4 to 5. He says, as long as it is day, listen to me now, 
As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. He says, night is coming, that eternal night, where God will not be. When we can know, when no one can work. And then he went on to say, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And I find that really interesting. When he says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That means that he won't always be the light of the world in the world because we know he's not in the world anymore. And for me, this really highlights the sense of, yes, while he works through us, he is in the world. Yes, but actually we are the mirror that reflects, that echoes his light. When we have that light, that Zoe life inside of us, we don't just have the ability to say words. We have power. Jesus living in us so that we can reflect his light on blind people and deaf people and mute people and dead people. Not only can we testify to the light of life in us, but we can be light. We can actually, you know, like the sun hits the earth and warms the earth. We can reflect light on people to warm them, to heal them, to set them free. We have to be the light. I really hope when you read that story in Matthew 5.14, when Jesus talks about you're the light of the world, he says, don't hide. You know, I used to think about that as, oh, what's a nice little picture? Why would you put a light under the bushel, as it were? But then I realized what he's actually saying is, come on, stand up straight. Live your life on a lampstand. Be the light. You are the light. There's darkness in the world. The world is full of darkness. The shadow of death. You're the light. If you don't shine, there's no hope. There's no hope. You are the light of the world, folks. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he's saying, now that I live in you, you are the light. And sure, you can live in the shadows, but actually you're helping no one. Actually, you're holding yourself back and you're preventing other people from encountering Jesus. I read a quote that went to the effect of, you know, when, when this life comes to an end and we're with Jesus, all our fears will melt away. Did you think about that? That when you're with Jesus, you'll be afraid of nothing. You'll be afraid of no one. You won't have any fears whatsoever. But actually, what will count is what you did on earth. There will come a time, folks, when you will be unafraid. When you will feel nothing or fear nothing whatsoever because you'll be in the light and the glory of Jesus. But I want to tell you today, the moment will be gone. Jesus said it there. Night is coming when no one can work. You may as well flick the switch off now. Yes, if you're not going to shine. There's no point in having you as a light whatsoever. And I'm speaking to you and me. God is giving me this understanding that, hey, your time is short. When it's gone, it's gone. You'll be in glory. Hallelujah. But who will have come with you? Who will have come with you if you're not shining your light? And so I want to encourage you today. Mark Twain said... The two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you find out why. 
I hope today a light has come on in your heart and mind and you have realized why. Amongst all the things that you fill your life with, with all the things that you do, there is a purpose for you that is profound, that is eternal. And you might just be missing it right now. And if you are, all you have to do is come out of the dark. Stop hiding away. You might be here today, actually, you've never ever come out into the light of Jesus. You've never given your life to him. <coughs> Simply today, you can come and stand in his light and know life. In your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, in your body. Eternity will, be, will mean light for you and no longer will it mean darkness. But you also might be here today and you've known the light, but you're actually skipping from the shadows. Shadow to shadow and you know it. And all God is saying is, be honest with yourself. Stop kidding yourself. You're not kidding him. You might kid us, but you're just kidding yourself at the end of the day. Amen. Let's walk in the light. As I close today, Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The unfolding of your words gives light, and it gives understanding to the simple. What another translation for the word unfolding is the entrance of your word. I want you just to go away with this nugget today that just spending time in God's word means that more light is shining in your life. You know, you, you might be here and you're grappling with fears. If you go to the word of God, you'll find out who you are, who you really are. You will find out what you can do and who you can be. And when you start believing that, all those fears Will, f will melt away. But my simple point is, is, what are you feeding yourself on? There's this show on TV that's just finishing called The Island. I don't know if any of you have been watching it. I've enjoyed it a lot. These people get stranded on an island for six weeks with one day's worth of water, a few fishing hooks and a few knives and machetes and they're left to get on with it. Some of the most, the most important things that they have to do well to survive is eat and drink and it's when you're in that situation that you suddenly realize how important that simple task that you and I take for granted every day if you can't eat and you can't drink you can do nothing they say that the average person needs two and a half thousand calories a day to survive some of these guys were living on 50 calories a day and they were fading away and my point to you simply is, is as we feast on the word of God, not just snacking on limpets like they were, but actually hunting God's word down and consuming it and feasting on it, his light is flooding into us and showing us who we are. If we're feeding on his word and if we're drinking in his Holy Spirit, we are powerful. We are energetic we are revitalized. We are strong and, and clear thinking and able. But when we snack and we fail to eat, we, we, we fade away. We lose our strength and we lose the ability to be light. And so I want to challenge you today with that one thing. Be people who feast on the word of God. Be people who are just drinking copious amounts of his Holy Spirit, acknowledging that without the Holy Spirit we can't do it. If you're doing that, it'll be so much easier to be his light. Amen.
You are the light. I am the light. We are the light of the world. If we don't shine, all there is is darkness, folks. Let's shine for the Lord. Let's shine brightly. Let's put our lamp out. Let's get out there. Put ourselves out there and say, look at the life reflecting off of me. Look, it's Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.